tonight, all over the world, there are people remembering the most historic death that the world has ever known. From North America to South America, to Europe, to Asia, to Africa, to Australia, and even all the way to the Antarctic, where there is breath and life and humanity at its best and worst, there is remembering today. Remembering a death that was completely undeserved and still completely necessary. A death administered in such torturous violence, endured in such grace and love. This death marked in the pages of time long before us, birthed forth life that bears witness today, brings hope today, brings life today. This remembering is of Jesus.
The cross today means something very different from what it was known for during Roman times. The years of Christian church history and tradition had made it into an icon. And with the wash of that ideology over our hearts and minds, much of its meaning is lost to us. For the Western mind, crucifixion and the torture that it encompassed are almost incomprehensible. We rightly associate it with Christ, but we often forget what it took for him to be crucified. themselves to the flesh of the back and shred the skin. 
in many cases, exposing the victim's bone. The mass of bleeding flesh would have extended from the shoulders to the back of the legs. For some, the punishment ended with the flogging. Some never made it to the cross. But Jesus did. Jesus made it to that cross. Having carried the cross beam to the place of Calvary, blood dripping from the gaping wounds on his back, Jesus would have been laid down and his arms pulled apart six inches to dislocate the shoulders. His wrists would have been nailed to the cross beam by five, five seven-inch spikes. The nerve that was pierced during crucifixion proceeded, produced so much pain that a new word had to be invented to describe what it felt like to endure the cross. The word that was created is called excruciating. Excruciating literally means out of the cross. From his place on the ground, Jesus would have been hoisted by ropes attached to the cross beam, acting as a pulley to fix him to the vertical beam already staked in the ground. His feet would have been nailed to the cross by spikes similar to those driven into his wrists. After all the torture he had already endured, Christ would have been left to die by asphyxiation in order to exhale. He would have had to push up on the spikes driven into his feet. When the pain became too overwhelming, he would hang from his wrist. The cycle of pushing up and hanging from the spikes, impaling him to the cross, continued until it was impossible for him to pull up one more time. And then his heart stopped beating.
that we so revere began not as an icon of faith, of hope, but as an icon of shame and torture and humiliation and an inescapable death. The reason it holds such importance to us is neither the gore nor the glory that it had been known for throughout the ages, but because of Jesus who had been crucified, who died for all of us. Scorned by everyone. 
despise my people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you. Even at my mother's breast, from birth, I was cast on you. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. from the power of the dogs, rescue me from the 
and the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All your descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him. All you descendants of Israel, for he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forevermore and all the ends of the earth will be remembrance and turned to the Lord and all the families of the nations will bow down before him for dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet Unborn. He has done it. true appreciation of the Last Supper, we have to go back to Egypt. You may recall that the last plague that was to come upon the Egyptians was going to be the death of the firstborn of every male in every Egyptian household, as well as the firstborn of every animal that they had. Now, in order for the death angel to make a distinction between the Israelites household and the Egyptians household, all of the Israelites were instructed to sacrifice a lamb. And they were supposed to take some of the blood of that lamb and put it up on the doorpost of their homes so that when the death angel came through, the death angel would pass over their homes. Now, 
Every Israelite family was instructed to take a lamb that was perfect, without blemish, and they were to slaughter that lamb at twilight. And so when they slaughtered that lamb at twilight, that was the blood that they would use. And in addition to the slaughtering of a lamb, the Jews used various cups of wine and matzah as specific symbols for liberation and freedom during the Cedar meal. It was in this element, this understanding, that Jesus broke the third matzah and told them to remember his body by the broken bread. And he passed the cup of blessing and told them to remember his blood by that cup. Now it's possible that the disciples may not have completely understood what Jesus was doing in initiating this last, last supper. But Jesus was proclaiming himself as the Passover lamb that year. He was going to be that perfect lamb. No longer would it be necessary to commemorate the passing over of the children of Israel um, before the Exodus, because now a greater sacrifice was being offered, a greater price was being paid, a greater covering was made for all those who would submit themselves under his blood. There was a new passing over taking effect, the passing over of all of sinful humanity when it comes under the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ became the perfect Lamb of God, slaughtered, crucified for us. His body and His blood offering to us liberation and redemption from the bondage of sin. No matter how many sins we have committed, no matter how dark our sinful lives might be, the blood of this perfect Lamb, Jesus Christ Himself, would cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
only to remember, but to understand, to participate, and to make Christ's sacrifice part of who we are. The cross was not just a cruel death and Passover just a foreshadowing of the Messiah. What we're celebrating tonight is love. Love extended from God Almighty through His Son Jesus Christ to each one of us. We all deserve to be separated and cut off from God. But Jesus made it possible for us to be reunited to the Father. He endured the cross so that we wouldn't have to. The Word of God tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. It is this kind of thanksgiving that we should approach the communion table.
again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. I received my instructions from the Master himself and passed them on to you. The Master Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, took bread, having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. What you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and actions the death of the Master. You will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the Master returns. You must never let familiarity breed contempt. If you give no thought, or worse, don't care, about the broken body of the Master when you eat and drink, you're running the risk of serious consequences. That's why so many of you, even now, are listless and sick, and others have gone to an early grave. If we get this straight now, we won't have to be straightened out later. Better to be confronted by the Master now than to face a fiery confrontation later. Anyone who eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Master irreverently is like part of the crowd that jeered and spit on him at his death. Is that the kind of remembrance you want to be part of? Examine your motives, test your heart, Come to this meal in holy awe. We invite all of you who know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to join with us as we share the Lord's table together. The scripture says we are not to partake of communion in an unworthy manner. Therefore, let us examine our hearts. And if we need to forgive, let us forgive. If we need to confess, let us confess. Let us do so now in a moment of silence. Now we have it on good report that according to the scriptures, on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. He looked toward heaven and took and broke it. He then gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat of it. As often as you do it, remember me. In the same manner, Jesus Christ took the cup, and after saying thanks, he said, This is the new covenant which is sealed in my blood. Whenever you drink of this, do so in remembrance of me. The body of Christ, the bread of heaven. The blood of Christ, the cup of 
of salvation. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this cup and this bread shared in your name. We ask your blessing upon us and upon the church throughout the world that we might remember this night in which you did so much for us. And God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
you so much for taking the time to join us for our Good Friday service. We are so glad and so thankful for your presence tonight. We want to make sure to invite you to all of our events this Easter weekend. Tomorrow, Saturday, April the 3rd, we're going to be having two special events. Our Life Swap Community 5 Cent Sale. That means you can come to our, our Easter sale and we're going to have lots of different items for you to purchase for the very low price of 5 cent. We want to be a blessing to our community. That Life Swap Easter sale is going to take place from 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock p.m. We will also have our Easter car hop. Bring all of your children, 12 and under. We're going to give them a free Easter basket, and they can hop from car to car and receive candy. So those events take place on Saturday. Join us also on Sunday. We're going to be having a praise-filled resurrection celebration service at 10 o'clock. You can join us online or in person at our church, 2020 East 79th Street. By the way, if you come on Saturday to our community sale and our Easter car hop, we're going to have lots of free food for you, hot dogs, chips, and soda. It's just going to be a great event, and we want to celebrate Easter with you. So join us at New Life at Calvary, 2020 East 79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. We also want to make sure to invite you to our Easter celebration on Sunday, April 4th at 10 o'clock a.m. Every single person is welcome. So come on to our church in person or online. We're going to be watching a play called The Fallout from the Resurrection. You can't wait to see it, and we can't wait to see you. God bless you, and thank you again for joining us.